Hey guys, this is Jesus, and I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Malvos, Jeffrey Voss, Cult of Knowledge, Matthew Punamali, Darcy Ross, Colin Matter, Jay Booth, David Dunn, Philip Bujan, and Flower Arrangement. Thanks for being our adventuring allies. Wanted. Adventurers of hearty constitution and strong mental fortitude for expedition into Cormier. None of those heroics, that's the kind of thing that gets you into wars. Let the heroes be heroes, I say let's be the adventurers. The adventurers are heroes who get paid. And it's about two seconds of a th- underneath your underneath your foots, your, your hoof. And something wraps around it and starts to pull downwards. Everybody roll initiative. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I have an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out to see that character sheet. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Dave. Welcome to Fanable.com, actual play podcast network. And we are here right now in the B-Team cave. B-Team. B for best. <laughs> yes. 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 That's, that's it. Yes. Everyone knows that's what that means. That's it. Oh, can we call this the hive? It's for the B team. Uh, Coming to you live from the hive. Fuck you guys. It's my game. <laughs> uh, and I'm here with uh, Dan, uh, Tex, and Jesus, and we are playing a brand new game. Now, time will only tell if this is going to work long enough to be a chronicle or a, a, a whatever those arcs are called that mm. I've never ran. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, this, well. I mean, this is some weird new indie game that I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took us a while to find these books, actually. Uh, a lot of them had to be, uh, you know, uh, secondhand. Yep. Uh, place kind of like a Tokyo. cult favorite, I feel like. With yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very fervent but small mm. player base. Dedicated yeah, yeah, fan base, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, they might even have a Reddit uh, page by now. I don't I, 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 really. Hopefully, really? I mean, probably like one or two members on it, or something like to maintain it, like the moderator and his girlfriend, right? Or right, yeah, right, right, a couple like of that. really small podcasts doing it. Yeah, I, I wish yeah. them the best, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The but a hard road ahead. In the uh, you know, in the effort of trying to stay <laughs> of trying to stay indie, we thought that we would sit down and play a little bit of a game called. Wait, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons. All I feel right. like note number one, they should work on the name. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't have stain power. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It feels it's really like, derivative. And also, like, yeah. also it doesn't make any sense. Like, can a dragon fit in a dungeon? Yeah, it's true. It's a really also, good point. do you play either a dungeon or a dragon? Or are we going to be two? dragons in a dungeon? <clears throat> That'd be kind of cool, I guess, right? I guess, but if you can't. Well, I mean, if you can't know. fit, I mean, what's the point? I mean, you just you just yeah. stuck it. You're stuck dragons in a dungeon. Yeah. Also, I heard. So we'll send them a note. Yeah, uh, about exactly. the name. Yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah I'm pretty it's sure fine. I've got the developer's email in here yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard it first and thought it's Dungeons and Dragon, and I thought like it's about smoking in a dungeon. Be, I'm down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. The cool guy in the dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna hotbox this dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> so we are playing a uh, we are playing a game. That I am calling. I'm running this, by the way, as the dungeon master. I have volunteered Ooh, for this. Catch. Sorry, I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dungeon. We should suggest that. To them. I mean, it's almost as good as Dragon Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, in another world. Yeah, in another world. I'm the dragon daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you will, I mean, you will respect I, me. I think we can all agree there are dungeon masters and there, there are, are dragon, dragon daddies, daddies out there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think we've all been at the table of a dragon daddy. <laughs> Okay, so welcome to Dungeons and Bottoms. Uh, we are oh. we are uh, here. Yeah, so I'm going to be running this game of Dungeons and Dragons. I have all of the books, many of the books, uh, too many of the books uh, amassed over the holiday season because they were on crazy sale. And uh, for Amazon, I elected to have them do that short or not short, but like uh, it doesn't matter when it gets here sort of shipping. So they all literally started showing up like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, we're going to play a game, and the name of this campaign is From Coin Comes, dot, 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 much like a Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to take place in the world of Toril, in the continent of Faerun. 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 Is it Faerun? Faerun. Faerun. Oh, yeah, because there's like Faerun. an umlaut. Yep. yep. Yeah. Faerun. Fe- that only came from like years and years of playing Dungeons and Dragons video games online, so oh, solid, yeah, okay, so that you're, helps. You're cool. I'm cool. Yeah. Um, yo, I get all the. So it's just like the. Uh, <laughs> is this like then like the like the Witcher RPG where they made a video game and I guess they made a tabletop out of it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that how this works. <laughs> so we should definitely play that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Witcher. I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, gentlemen around the table. This is taking place in, I think we agreed, 1489, 1491. 1491 DR. Yes. 1491 Dominican Republic. <laughs> and. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> See, what? I don't even know. Is that. Oh, that was a Pitbull reference. No, I was just making it up to fuck with you. Oh, okay. okay. I thought it was maybe like, like no. suddenly we're all. No. All the DRs are Italian? No. Like, hey, I'm dungeon in here. <laughs> so, uh, all of you are adventurers uh, in the uh, realm of Faerun, specifically in the land of Sembia. Now, a brief introduction into the world. A few years ago, there was a war. The war was between a nation known as Netheril, and damn near the rest of the continent. Netheril was a, was a community, a country, a nation, as it would rise to be, based entirely on the pursuit of magical conquest, of understanding, manipulating, and furthering magical understanding and the basic arcana therein regardless of whether or not people think they should. There was no restraint for for the people of Nethril or the archmages that ruled it or the ruling council or anyone. Basically, they, they didn't have a Jeff Goldblum. They did <laughs> not have a Jeff to Goldblum. To get them to ask. Nice. Exactly. They should, even if they... Exactly. Mm. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, if they could, but they never asked if they should. And... So they <clears throat> accelerated in their magical abilities. Now, rumor has it that there was a turning point in their desires for magical uh, creativity that stemmed from a discovery of scrolls known as the Nether Scrolls. And 
these scrolls taught them the very foundations of magic beyond their wildest dreams. And from that, they designed things and spells that broke the premise of what can be done with magic. Magical machines powered by their own mana would give rise to floating cities not months later. These magical cities would float over most of Faerun unchecked. And then, having discovered most of the things that they wanted in Faerun, one of the cities went into what is known as the Shadow Realm, literally splitting a line into the fabric of reality and going into a different plane entirely, simply because they could. But then the war happened. Some people say that the city that went into the Shadow Realm knew the war was going to happen or had already put these things into place and wanted to hide. Regardless, Netheril invaded the country of Sembia, a wealthy country, but not one based in much military might, never stood a chance. They became a protectorate of, of Netheril. Netheril then went to the north to attack countries therein and then started sending their scouts all over the map. The country directly to the left or to the west of Sembia, known as Cormir, fought back. They were a country of military might, and they brought the war to Sembia and to the Netheril. But unfortunately, as this is the realm of Dungeons and Dragons, nothing is ever that simple. The monsters of Toril knew a good thing when they saw it, and they moved in. Hordes of orcs and goblins and trolls marched on human settlements, elven settlements, into the mines of the dwarves. Things from underneath started bubbling up to push those same dwarves to the top side or through the very roots of the trees of the forests. And then there was the cataclysmic events of the weather. Shards of glass would rain down from the heavens. Fireballs would erupt from clear skies. There would be earthquakes that would destroy entire, entire cities. And from those earthquakes came disturbed tombs, and those tombs, having been opened, unleashed, untold horrors, now hungry for flesh and blood, after aeons of slumber. To put it clearly, though there were only a handful of countries involved in this war, everyone was fighting for their lives in Faerun. It has been two years since the end of that war, when the mighty nation of Cormir rose up with their purple dragon army. Not actual dragons, but the name of their special elite forces, the purple dragons, and their council of war mages, actually what they sound like, <laughs> and crushed the nation of Netheril. The cities that floated high above the skies crashed to the ground killing countless. The rest of the Netherils or Netherese have scattered. There are tales of uh, some established fortifications or hiding places for those who were involved in the crimes of war and others that are simply just uh, looking for safety 
away from the heritage of their nation. Refugees. But with all of this war, with all of this cataclysm and destruction and death and monster battles, came a need for heroes. And then those heroes died. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save (laughs) Oh. So a lot of the heroes that you may have grown up with hearing about either disappeared or were slain valiantly, heroically, or deviously, but they were slain. There is a need for new heroes. As it so happens, the three of you seem to be heroes. (laughs) At third level, still seem to be. (laughs) So, starting from my left, introduce yourself, your character... And what it was that made you want to strike out into the realm of adventuring. Not heroism. Adventuring. So this is Dan, and I am uh, reprising, actually, my role from our earlier D&D game. Uh, I will be playing Katrick, the Kenku Sorcerer, uh, who is a uh, divine soul sorcerer. Uh, as most of you may or may not know, uh, sorcerers basically boil down to somebody in your bloodline had sex with something they shouldn't have. That's 99% of sorcerers. The other 1% are destiny and stuff. Uh, in in Katrick's case, uh, as a Kenku, someone in his family, uh, family legend says it was uh, grandma uh, during her early wild days, uh, apparently uh, got busy with a phoenix. And uh, a couple generations later, we have young Katrick, who when he hit the equivalent of uh, teenage years in, in Kenku years, uh, he was living with the rest of his little flock. Uh, they had uh, created effectively a, a sort of wooden tower because uh, uh, Kenku would like to be up high when they sleep because uh, it brings them a little bit closer to the skies that they've lost. And uh, he fell asleep one night. He was just a normal Kenku, just like any other. And he dreamt. He dreamt of being at the top of a tree looking down upon the lands around him and then spreading his wings which burst into flames as he took to the skies and he dreamt of flying the one thing that's been taken away from his people well that and the ability to speak but yeah it seems a minor impediment at best um and when he woke up he found that his coloration his feathers had changed from a raven black to white and gold and red the colors of flame and fire uh also the color of flames and fire were the actual flames and fire that he had uh set in his sleep upon the wooden structure where his family rested and uh, uh, uh they did not take kindly to that um his family told him in in no uncertain terms that they loved him very much and he would always be a part of the flock and they would like it if he would go be a part of the flock somewhere else uh, <laughs> that is not built of wood and and, and flock very away humble. young one flock away <laughs> exactly it is it is your time to leave the nest um, and so so he did he uh, you know, guided by these dreams and by the the changes that had happened to him and the the his sudden ability to to manifest uh flames that could both heal and hurt he set out to find the the nature of the of these powers to try and understand them and more than anything to try and find that dream again to 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 take back 
the skies with wings of flame. And so that is how he found his way uh, as an adventurer, effectively. He, he may have been gifted with powers, but he still barely controls them, barely understands them. And the only way to really do so is to use them to to go out into the world and make a mark and that's that's what he's uh that's him now uh hello uh this is tex and uh i am playing fairly pimfire a uh whose nickname is pharaoh um and he is a halfling uh beast conclave ranger uh who has had kind of a rough life um, and whose primary friend and companion is a big ass panther named Smokey. (laughs) Solid. He's a man of few words. (laughs) Give me one quick second. Man of few words and a hastily put together background. (laughs) Hey guys, this is Jesus and I'm playing the Minotaur uh, cleric. Daras. Daras was, uh, years ago, years and years ago, uh, there was a section of uh, Koromir that was being attacked by a grouping of monsters. Luckily, at the time, there were still adventurers, and they came in and wiped them out and led up to a cave. And in that cave of wide banks of tunnels, they went in and just slaughtered everything. Trolls, orcs, goblins, a few minotaurs. And near the end, after they finished wiping out, they discover a small section inside. They found uh, one baby. A minotaur baby. Now, luckily for me, there was a paladin in their party. And the paladin was not inclined to kill a child. Even though the rest of the party members were really, really trying to convince him. They wanted that XP. <laughs> they really wanted that XP. That's, a, that's an achievement, at least. <laughs> Eventually, they decided to just bum me off on an orphanage uh, nearby. At that point, saying, like, the paladin did all he could just because they couldn't take care of her. Maybe they're adventurers. They have to go off and, about two years later, die off. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was left in the care of an orphanage with a nice, uh, a nice gnomish couple uh, named uh, a man named Kubar and a female named Joanne Urubin. And you would, I'm assuming, expect a story of me feeling alienated and uh, being hurt by my peers. But no, I had a pretty good life growing up. Uh, uh, I was always uh, helpful, and everybody in the family did their best to make me feel like part of the family. I actually uh, went to uh, learn the craft from Q-Bar. Uh He taught me how to uh, become a blacksmith. I was his apprentice for a while, and I learned about his uh, god that he served, uh, Gond, the uh, uh, god of blacksmiths and tinkering and so on. It was around the time that I turned 18 that the local lord realized that he needed an army for a local war. And what better for an army than a minotaur? Not only a big minotaur that can wield a mace, but also was uh, good at being a blacksmith. So I was constricted, conscripted. And I was there for about a year or two. Uh, until during one battle where I nearly died to some nasty creature. That I got a vision from Gond. Now I wasn't much of a belief. Well, I, I believed gods exist. Who doesn't believe gods exist? They're there. But, you know, I was never a follower. I just did the prayers every once in a while because that's what Cuba told me to do. But when I got this vision from Gone that I needed to go out and find myself, find adventures to go on, I followed the path. I set in my resignation. I served my time as much as I could, and I left, and I've been an adventurer ever since. 
All right. Thank you very much. So this is the world that you are in. This this post-war, arguably post-apocalyptic war uh, world. But people are hanging on. Nations still exist, aside from the ones that were defeated in their villainy. And people are trying to put their lives back together. Now, the three of you seek an adventure for various reasons, find yourselves in the broken country of Sembia. Sembia, having been liberated from its, uh, from its confinement and its enslavement from Netheril, even though the chatter amongst many people is that they were willing participants and simply tried to get in on what they thought was the winning side. Regardless, Sembia needs work. It needs to be rebuilt. It has been all but destroyed on many, many different fronts from the war. And with that comes a need for adventurers, people with sword and skill and spells to take care of caravans to and fro to ensure peace amongst people who are being evacuated to clean up any sort of lingering monster infestations that may exist, or to simply look after as a crypt is finally bombed back into the ground it came from. And that is where you all are, in Sembia. Three different smaller towns in Sembia. And there's a small problem. The purple dragons from Cormir, the country that won the war, are starting to arrive in larger and larger numbers with the royal guard at their back to assist in putting Sembia back together. And... Cormir's relationship with adventurers is not antagonistic, it is extremely formalized. And since Sembia really has no say in the matter right now, the Cormir way of dealing with adventurers is starting to bleed over into Sembia, which is, we don't need you right now. You are losing opportunities for money and for glory and for adventure, as it is being literally privatized <laughs> by by a uh, helpful army and it was with this realization that somewhat despondent or concerned that you did what any good adventurer does you went to the town board not the elected officials but the actual physical wooden board at the center of town looking for work and that is when you saw one particular note that stood out from the rest. Wanted. Adventurers of hardy constitution and strong mental fortitude for expedition into Cormir. By order of Her Majesty the Queen Marielle and the region of the affected lands, Lord Sandala, you hereby are offered deeds to any acres you assist in saving from the invaders. What you clean, you claim. Meet at the southern gate of Dashrock Bridge at the Day of Rust in the week of Amar at sunrise. One silver for passage. 
See Bumblebottom Cauliflower for instructions. Uh, to find out where Dash Rock Bridge is, it is in the uh, southwest part of Sembia that lines the river that borders Cormier, that divides Sembia and Cormier. There are larger towns, cities even, with bridges, large bridges. You've never heard of Dashrock Bridge. It seems to be a city or a town or something. But after asking around, you find out that it is in fact there, but it doesn't seem to be on any map, you see. Interesting. Well, shall we go? I feel like we didn't answer the question in the intro. I'm sorry about why we were adventuring. No, I'm. Oh yeah, you we, didn't. We should all apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We owe you an apology, yep. Dragon Daddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So start from. We, should we? Well, no. I said, I said why I'm adventuring. Yeah, no, yeah. I said oh, I why I'm trying to retake yeah. this guy. Right? Why, why are you? My adventuring? God told me to just go adventure. Your God told you. To Dungeons and Dragons, motherfucker. Yeah, that's, no, that's, 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 yeah, look, that's better than I seek blood and coin. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, clerics have it easy that way. Like it? God, God made yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's true how one leads to. It's interesting how one so often leads, leads to, to the, the other. other. Yeah. yeah. So, what about you, Tex? What is uh, uh, what is your character desire to adventure? Um, well, I need money to stay on the run because um, not long before the cataclysms of a couple years ago started i escaped from a uh penal mining operation um where i was imprisoned for four years doing hard labor um and i also uh um yeah so i i I need resources to stay on the run and also to send back to my um elderly grandmother who is a mad witch and gambling addict (laughs) of course yeah I rolled that. <laughs> That's amazing. That roll thing is great. Yep. So you all set off for Dash Rock Bridge to the southwest. Are we at this point already like an adventuring party? No, you have not met okay. each other yet. You oh, are okay. uh, Dash Rock Bridge for uh, to give you a uh, pop cultural touchstone. It is much like uh, three men who need to get the fuck out of Mexico <laughs> are meeting in a small villa. Okay, perfect. Because things are getting hot. Even if you are not a criminal, you are an adventurer. Yeah. And, Which is a close second. <laughs> and Cormier has very funny ideas about weapons. And you've heard that. Which, the idea of going further into Cormier to get away from Cormier soldiers seems counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. But, Katrick, mm-hmm. you have insight, correct? Yes, I do. You would know that... There's a finite amount of foot soldiers and purple dragons inside of Cormier. Mm -hmm. Assume that Cormier took losses like everyone else did. It has obligations to the countries that it saved. Mm -hmm. But also, with insight, you recognize that there is a certain sort of military and political advantage to their position. Where they could do things like put troops into the cities mm-hmm. of these places that they've saved. But there are only so many troops to go around. So if all of those troops are out here, then they actually might not have many troops inside Cormier. Mm-hmm. Might okay. actually be easier to go inside. Oh, yeah. 
and you arrive at the town of Dash Rock Bridge. Surrounded on all sides by now blasted, dried, barren, cracked land, a result of the difficulty with the weather, and walking by fires that are lit off in the distance that you know to be goblin piles, bodies of the destroyed creatures that tried to invade this land. They, as the sun set, illuminate your way on either side of the dirt road that leads into the town. Dash Rock Bridge. Half of the sign has been hacked off, but it still swings in the wind with an eerie creak and is surrounded on all sides by a large mason wall. Some of it seems like it was put up somewhat recently. The fortifications, being as primitive as they are, it seems the Dash Rock Bridge survived. Even with the war between Sembia and Koromir, just across a river, east west of them, Dash Rock Bridge still stands. Some of the buildings, of course, for where there are some holes in the aforementioned wall, but it still stands. And there is one guard who is more like a a toll booth operator than anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he is inside of a he is inside of a, a thatched roof hut, a side next to a uh, opening with a portcullis. Mm-hmm. And he sees you come in, and he just looks you over. He's an older man with a... All, uh, all three of us together? Or <clears> no, one? just each one of you. Oh, okay. And sees all three of you, but kind of looks you over. He's got like a big uh, like a, a big walrus mustache, and he's wearing a pointed helmet, and he has a spear next to him leaning against the wall. And he peers out with a... leans out of an open window on the ground floor with a lantern and looks you over each one of you as you walk through at different times it's without saying anything nods and then opens the gate and you walk in the town itself seems actually pretty pleasant cheery even uh there are people bustling to and fro now that it is past is past the dark hour that uh that they are closing up shops and they are bustling about. They are shooing their children back home. They are pulling goats and horses to their stables. But it is not the blasted out place that you expected. And at the center of town, there are three things. And the center of town is right in front of you. <laughs> uh, there is a well. There is uh, a weapons and armor shop and there is a tavern uh, known as the goat's head tavern and it smells of ale and warm food and it looks like it's been patched up a bit from some holes in the ceiling most likely some sort of some sort of impact of some sort most likely eagles (laughs) Eagles. eagles that is where you anticipate you will meet uh, Mr. Cauliflower. Uh, Duras goes to the well first to grab a pail of water and drink it down. Mm-hmm. Then just starts stomping off towards the tavern. 
All right, the door swings open effortlessly. Yeah. It's a heavy oak door that leads into a two-story uh, traditional tavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got one fireplace roaring to the left. It's a long hallway of a, a long stretched-out room mm-hmm. of a of a tavern. There is a bar directly in front of you, about fifty feet. Left and right is about sixty feet. It's a, it's a rectangle, but it's nice. Yeah. I walk up to the bar. All right. To left and right of you, by the way, are all types of uh, tables and wooden chairs mismatched. It looks like they had to get some uh, some donations from around <laughs> the town in order to have enough chairs. But what's interesting is uh, along all of the walls seem to be reconstructed parts of wagons that make couches that have all been nailed into the wall. Hmm. So now... There is literally one long couch all the way around the tavern. That's fancy. Yeah. I go up to the bar. Millie, I want to go talk to the bartender that's there. All right. It's a stout woman. Uh, She is an Asian woman with short cut hair uh, and two long, 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 long uh, beaded uh, parts of her bangs that then tie around a necklace that she is. Uh, wearing on her neck and she's wearing a tan leather apron with a shortcut or a sleeveless uh, shirt and she is cleaning out a glass and she looks at your chest <laughs> and then the eyes keep going up ma'am can I help you love yes I was wondering if you could help me find an individual a bumble bottom cauliflower yeah, um, sure thing, love. Uh, he's over there, yeah? Over in the corner. Thank you. A shadowy one. Oh, can I also have, uh, can I have also have a, a gnome pinksel brew, please? Sure, sure, sure thing. She pours one for you, it's in a little snifter. Mm-hmm. Hands it to you. I take two little fingers. Yep. Thank you very much. Sure thing. And I walk over. On the house, then. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to assume, assume I paid for yeah. it. All right. Then I walk over. All right. And uh, you parse through the crowd and uh, there is a uh, there is a small um, a small table, uh, small-ish by your standards. Looks big enough to ha- have about, you know, six or seven humans. Uh, and uh, there is a uh, a small sign on the table says reserved bumble bottom cauliflower. And then there's a time and the time has elapsed. Excuse me, sir. There's no one there. Sorry. It Excuse is, me. Empty space. It's, no. It is. It is empty. All right. Darn. I walked back to the bar. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Back for another. I'll have one more. Why not? However, uh, I noticed that there's a time. The set for meeting with Bumblebottom, mm-hmm. Cauliflower, mm-hmm. it seems to have elapsed. Do you know if he'll come back tomorrow? Sure, he should be here tonight, then. He paid for the entire night. Ah, all right. Do you know around what time? No. We got the entire... Could be drunk. Probably hmm. trying to sober up. Fair enough. All right, I would like to have a room for the night. Sure thing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, right. Should I ring you when he comes back? Yes, please. Sure. 
Thank you very much. You're in 1A. 1A, thank you. No problem. Boof. Boof. She oh, holds the glasses. And, and he, he pauses, and I go back, go back to the bar. Forgot the drink. And I pick, slowly pick it up. Yep. And I walk up the stairs. She holds multiple glasses <laughs> and bottles against the wall. <laughs> right. Who is next to enter? I know. Um, so into, into town uh, comes a, a relatively small figure, just bundled up in robes and cloaks, not really revealing a lot of, uh, of its features. Uh, and, uh, you know, one, one uh, uh, hand still like obscured by by the edges of a clearly oversized robe uh is holding a gnarled quarter staff and, and so he walks into town not really limping or anything but definitely leaning on the on the staff as uh he pauses looks around sees uh the well and the armor and the tavern and uh sort of there's a tilt to the head and then starts making its way over to the tavern pushes the door open goes inside uh, there's like a, a gleam of reflected light from inside the the, the cowl uh, before this this mysterious figure goes up to the bar and uh, sort of like thumps the uh, the quarterstaff once on the floor. The same bartender as before, <clears throat> clean cleaning the same glass, very meticulous. Walks up. Hello, stranger. And uh, the hood is pulled back, revealing a avian face with a long, uh, but golden-looking uh, beak and the uh, the unique coloration of those uh, of those uh, feathers, which is probably a, a bit of a weird uh, sight for the bartender. Although, oh it's, yeah, that's it's, the weird part. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 one of those nights though, so yeah. probably it's like not not the weirdest thing I've seen tonight. Yep. Um, and uh, kind of looks up. Opens the beak and then holds up one feathered finger, mm-hmm. starts digging into a bag, which he had prepared right after seeing that, uh, the, the, the sign, uh, you know, in the other town, mm-hmm. uh, and saying who he was going to talk to. And then proceeds to kind of like turn to the side, kind of stick out its rear and do a little dance, <laughs> sort of like a little figure eight dance while shaking its rear, then stops, leaches into the bag, and pulls out a piece of cauliflower. <sighs> All right. He has... Oh, my God. <laughs> he has a table over there, love, but he hasn't come in yet. Pulls away the cauliflower and then just points at... Uh, at you know the uh, the bottle of ale opens its beak again, and a a, a deep voice which uh, he has uh, he is mimicking from a, a previous visit to another tavern goes, "Give me your finest ale, wench." <laughs> <laughs> like to when you couldn't talk, love, <laughs> and she <laughs> pour, <laughs> pours an ale slides it to you. Yeah, he slides over whatever coppers or whatever it costs. Yes. And then just kind of finds himself a little corner on the bar and starts <laughs> dipping his head in. That's yeah. Dipping his beak in. Yep. And yeah, that's him. He's just gonna uh, wait for uh, wait for Bumble Bottom Cauliflower to uh, show up. Alright. Last but not least, Tex. Okay. Um, for Pharaoh. <laughs> 
Pharaoh is going to come sort of watchfully from the periphery of uh, the small podunk town. Um, and I think Smokey, his panther, is going to stay at the town's edge because probably wise. Pharaoh's not yeah, sure you're how. Not, you're not going to stable him with the horses? Large cat uh, will be taken here. Yeah, large animals do not do well in this town. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's evening, you said, right? Yeah, it's nighttime. Um, so he's going to come in sort of skirting around the edges of the torchlight um, and sort of furtively step into the the tavern. Okay. All three feet of him. Yep. All grizzled, like dirty, three feet of him. Yep. A wild halfling appears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to approach the nearest person and just sort of quietly say, looking for cauliflower. She peers down. You too, huh? Who else? Well, uh... Im? She motions to oh. the... To the bird. <laughs> Dipping his beak into the, the flag in a veil. <laughs> One of those little auto... <laughs> auto birds, like... And there's a fella upstairs. Large bloke. Must be... Don't know what cauliflower's doing now, but... Must be very, very good. Hmm. He's got a table in the corner there, but he hasn't shown up yet. I'll wait for him. Cauliflower and uh, timeliness had never been friends. Hmm. I'm going to sit near a window if there are any in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And about half an hour passes as people make their drinks or take their naps. Uh, or, excuse me, drink their drinks or take their naps. Or sit and brood and wonder what your cat is doing. Oh, I'm sitting near the window so I can maintain a light of line of sight on my cat. Yep. <laughs> You're like, don't do anything crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, your cat's like, do not do anything crazy. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> All right. And then after about a half an hour, the door squeaks open. And then you just hear like a, like a, as tiny little feet go to the bar, there's, and the bartender just drops a bottle on the edge, over the edge of the bar. And then it looks like the bottle itself of its own volition (laughs) disappears to the corner where Bumble Bottom (laughs) Cauliflower's uh, table is. All right. Birdman, is uh, your frenzy. And uh, he just opens up his beak wide and just pours the last of his ale into it and then just hops off the bar stool and starts moving over towards the table. And uh, the the bar matron... By the time she comes over, I'm like, I see him, I'm going. Thank okay. You. <laughs> <laughs> and then... There is a uh, a little bell that is attached to a string in your room. Uh, is it Daras? Daras. Daras. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bell attached to a string, uh, Daras, and it rings a couple of times. Uh, he must be here. And I, I finish off my tiny drink mm-hmm. and walk downstairs. And I head over to the table. All right. I'm going to leave behind some moose jerky as a tip mm-hmm. because I don't 
<laughs> yeah. much coin, yeah. but it's only for the flagon of water that I yeah. drank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I pass by the bar, I nod thankfully at the at the bartenders. Yeah, you notice that there is a, a series of uh, small red strings that each correspond with one of the rooms upstairs. Yep. And you I like this futuristic tavern. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking Devil- my immersion, David. <laughs> yeah. Devil machines. <laughs> Why can't they just use witchcraft like normal people? Now? <laughs> Why can't they just sh- channel the? Why can't you just send a demon? energies of the shadow <laughs> realm to build God, that, that cities. Little ding, ding, ding. Oh my god, that's so creepy. What? Whatever happened to <laughs> my lord? <laughs> Back in my day, we had Saturday service like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and you all walk up to the table, and there. Uh, is a pointed blue hat and the gnarled, uh, frazzled, matted gray hair on a tanned, pockmarked face that features a rather well-kept thin beard on a uh, black suit with armor-cladded male gnome who is sitting there drinking uh, with some effort pouring a uh, bottle of beer into a smaller shot glass and then drinking it like it was a pint. Drinking it with two hands. <laughs> yeah. And he has smart, smart little spectacles on it mm-hmm. on him. Wait, did you say black armor? Black armor, yeah. So this is a gnome paladin, I hope. <laughs> uh, it looks like leather armor that oh, okay. is like movable and functional. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you meant like black. I was trying to imagine like the black knight. But, <laughs> but, exa- but a gnome. Yeah, but gnome size. No, no. I, I, Which I was down with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Doras walks up. He's like, uh, Mr. Cauliflower. He hops off the, uh, the, you know, he stands on the, the bench and then walks over to you and hands, holds out a hand and says, Bumble Bottom Cauliflower, how do you do? Yep, I grasp his hand and part of his forearm and just shake. <laughs> he shakes with it. All right, fella. Uh, I tried to go easy on you. Didn't want to hurt <laughs> your hands. Have a seat. Thank you. Have two. <laughs> I grabbed two. Yep. <laughs> well, and he looks around. Yeah, and there's uh, Kutrick holding up that uh, by now rather wilted piece of cauliflower. Points at it, points at him. Hey, like my name! Okay! How you doing, bird fella? Have a seat. Purchase up on the seat. <laughs> I-, I came for the advertisement also. <laughs> <laughs> it is like right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying he doesn't even turn his head the whole way he just kind of looks his eyes like slink to the right like it's right <laughs> sorry what does your character say uh, I think I said yeah I, I also came for the advertisement uh, have a seat thank you alright oh, it's a heck of a turnout <laughs> I'm just going to gnaw on some more moose jerky and just like sort of stare at him <laughs> unnervingly. One eye, it's, yeah. One eye winks without, <laughs> yeah, just uncontrollably. <laughs> so that's my winking eye. <laughs> so. <laughs> How do I always play characters that are just like damaged? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good to see such fellas who want to 
want to make something of themselves answering the call. Anyways, as I mentioned before, I am Bumblebottom Cauliflower, and I am going to be heading an expedition into Cormier. Oh? Yes. Cormier. Cormier is the land of opportunity now. No longer Sembia. Sembia has too much Cormier in it. But you know what Cormier doesn't have? Cormier. Uh, exactly. You know what happens when nature abhors a vacuum. That's right. Nature is bored by vacuums. So therefore, <laughs> with this vacuum, we are going to entertain Cormier. We're going to entertain. How are we going to do that? Adventure. There are things to be done in Cormier. Namely, I know what you're going to ask. But what, Cauliflower? What is going to be done there? I'll tell you, my good man. What is going to be done there is adventure, but not any kind of adventure. Profitable kind of adventure. That's the only kind that Bumblebottom Cauliflower deals in. Profitable kind of adventure. None of those heroics. That's the kind of thing that gets you into wars. Let the heroes be heroes. I say, let's be the adventurers. The adventurers are heroes who get paid. The name of a hero who dies is broke. The man who goes adventurous and gets paid is rich. And that's what Bumblebottom cauliflower does we get paid and get rich how you ask i'm glad you asked adventure i didn't ask adventure in a vacuum a vacuum of cormier cormier is a vacuum let's not stay bored five uh five days travel roughly and all i need from you gentlemen is a determination to uh to to win the day and to rise every morn with the same dedication that you did today and one silver piece for travel and then we will be on our way to a lord's domain wait you want us to pay you a lord's domain <laughs> i get i get up from the table the the, the, the silver can be the silver does not need to have to be paid now, immediately. But payment is simply because the ferry that I have arranged is not cheap. And you understand that your travels here may have been effortless because of your, uh, your, your mightiness. But getting across a river requires technology. Technology that I know someone who has. I have two questions. Yes. Question number one. Mm -hmm. For adventure, we're going into Koromir. Yes. Aren't there a lot of rules against adventurers in Koromir? Not so, my good man, but I'm glad you asked. No, it is known that Koromir likes to, likes to, has certain rules that are somewhat stifling for people of our stout nature and our adventurous minds. But the Inquisitive know how to ask the appropriate questions. And the appropriate questions are simply, what do I got to do to adventure in Gormir? And I did that. And it turns out you can register. You can register for an adventuring party. And I, and he reaches into his satchel and brings out a gold-flecked scroll and opens it up. And in elegant red writing, uh... It says, I hereby uh, acknowledge that the Bumblebottom Cauliflower Adventuring Party does hereby have all of the necessary requirements and faculties to adventure within and around the lands of Cormier or the lands of Cormier outside of Cormier proper. And he snaps it shut. Mm. This is a royal, this is a royal writ. I have, I have... Through great pains, acquired this. As long as you are part of my company, then we are licensed to adventure. 
Now, there are some other rules, but we can cover that later once we are on board. Question number two. Yes. So we're just supposed to cross into Cormier and just yell loudly, we want to adventure? You have no one who needs, say, adventurers? Incorrect, my good man, but I appreciate your assumption that I do not have a plan beyond that. I like your inquisitive nature. You are suspicious of, of authority, and that is good. That is good. You seem very young. I like that. I like your youth. No, 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 no. It is, it is uh, by order of the Lord Sandala. The lands of Lord Sandala have been beset upon by monsters, and due to the uh, ongoing uh, reconstruction here at Sembia, the Lord's ability to summon the Purple Dragons, or any of the Guard, is limited. Much of the resources of the country is, in fact, limited. So, they have put out a call, saying those who will clear land of the monsters may have deed to the land as well. Sadly, many of the people who lived on the Lord's land were either slain or had to be uh, removed for their safety. What if the people come back for their land? That is the, the Lord would not have put out this sort of call or I would not have been able to get this sort of writ. Were that a, were that a possibility? Question number three. I thought you had two. I have one more concerning what you just previously said. An so I'm adding an additional question upon the top of the other two. An making question. it three questions total. I, I see. So technically two and a half, but I'll accept it. Go on. All right. Let us say we go to Sandalia. We clear out a section of land, and it is now, according to the writ, mm -hmm. uh, ours. Yes. Is it legally our land or... Or your land. Legally, because you are part of my uh, my company. 60-40. Can we sell our 40? Yes. Collected, you have 40. So that would be 15, 15, less. Or whatever. However you want to do the math. Mm -hmm. I do not know if that is a good deal or not. So you owe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're not bullshitting. You're like, I just want to chime in here. I have no idea. I, well, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have at least a one intelligence, so I'm not entirely stupid. So you would own 60% whatever land we claim. We, as us three, would own 40%. Correct. And we could sell whatever we own and we'd have to sell. Whatever you sell, give us the money for, we would split three ways between the three of us. Correct. Easy money. Mm. Or, but you're thinking small. That's only if we clear one acre. What if we clear two, four, eight? What if there's a giant monster? What if there's a camp of bandits that have organized some sort of convoluted series of fortresses that we must, in the dead of night, take back through, uh, through dagger or bow and arrow and stop them from calling for reinforcements over and over? There might be eagles. I don't know. <laughs> no eagles. <Then> how about... <laughs> flashback to that one incident. Yeah. How about this? I agree to your 60-40. However, any loot from the various monsters we uh, take care of belongs to the three of us. Minus once you have the silver, yes. What? I'm still owed a silver. If we have loot and there's silver, I get the one silver. We are square and paid... Fine, do what you want with the baubles. 
does that work well for everyone? I have one other question. Yes? You said that we are to take a ferry to cross the river. Correct. I'm worried about that. I once tried to take a ferry. I tracked it for nearly a moon. <laughs> but they are a cunning creature, the fae. And I was bewitched. <laughs> I spent nigh a year under the fae's spell. Uh, friend, friend, uh, Pharaoh. I bore its children. <laughs> Fa- Pharaoh. Pharaoh. <laughs> I, just want, I just want Pharaoh to have spent way too much time way too deep in the woods. <laughs> It is a. I take no more fairies. <laughs> it is a different species of fairy, one that is actually in the shape of a permanent boat. <laughs> it cannot bear children. You will be safe. It bears people inside of it. Will it take another passenger? Yes. Uh, my, my traveling companion? You have someone else? I'm going to need another silver for another person. It's not. A person. <laughs> <laughs> Slow turn towards Pharaoh. <laughs> now, now, now Bumblebottom's got the winky eye. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? Ow. I, I'm gonna just like look past uh, Cauliflower right outside the window. Smokey, the massive panther, um, is sort of sitting obediently and like watching with big yellow hungry eyes through the window at at uh cauliflower oh cauliflower yeah slowly turns around oh turns back to you that is my traveling companion oh oh they will she fit on the ferry of course ladies right she has taken many ferries they're low flying. <laughs> <laughs> and she can jump quite high. They think she likes to drag their bodies into the canopy. <laughs> she leaves them in my boots sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> she plays with them on occasion, yeah. slowly taking their life. <sighs> People think that fairies can only sing. They can scream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she toys with them. She toys with them. <laughs> Uh, yes, of course. Of course. She seems like a wonderful, wonderful companion. What about you, Birdman? So, speaking of watching with hungry yellow eyes, uh, <laughs> Katrick has been just watching all of this, like, very interestedly, uh, head bobbing as people talk. And then when he's finally, like, approached, he just reaches into his pouch again, pulls out a silver puts it on the table, and then goes mimicking uh, 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 Cauliflower's voice perfectly. Adventure! Yeah. I like the cut of your jib. Fantastic. So, early morning rise, we go. Very well. Until then, have a round on me. Sky's the limit to three copper. (laughs) They have a lot of worm rot here. It's very good. Mm. Worm rot? Worm rot. Is that the name of a drink? Uh, Some could call it a drink, but it is what we will drink. (laughs) Some call it an affliction. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Bartender. Three, four, sorry. Worm rot, please. 
Yeah. And the the bartender pours them out and brings them to you. Mm-hmm. And the night uh, progresses calmly. There are no uh, no roving bands of orcs burst in the door. There's no f- uh, fist fights. It seems to be mostly just masonry workers and uh, and and laborers. Just having a drink and quietly going home. Last call happens around 3 a.m. Bumblebottom, Cauliflower, uh, gets drunk far before then and stumbles up to his room. And all of you either have a room or somewhere else to stay. A forest, I assume. The woods. I I just go to my room. Yep. I I negotiate somehow with the bartender to to let me roost on the the roof. (laughs) Yeah. She's not really negotiating. She's like... All right, just don't shit on it. Slide another cup. Paralyze. All right, and the next morning arrives, and there is a there is a. I'm coming! I'm coming! Door opens. There before you is Bubble Bottom Cauliflower in the same armor, but cleaned, and his hair has been somewhat washed. The day's the day, my boy. Let's go. Very well. Let me get my bag. Ha ha. We're ready. <laughs> Just like right behind him. <laughs> he's like about to rap on your door. <laughs> no, he's out in the woods. Yeah. He's like right no, I came out in the woods. But oh, I, yeah. I would have showed up early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody would like have to rap on the ceiling. <laughs> yep. And yeah, eventually he crawls in through a window. Looking kind of rumpled. How is but... the minutes with the most normal person here? <laughs> <laughs> Today's the day, my boy. Let's go. Adventure! And yep, so right. he just follows along happily. Yeah. All right. He's, he's just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm on the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And you all meet at the uh, Western Crossing. There is a shore, a large shore outside of the wall uh, of uh, of the town. And it is a quiet... It's not a calm day. It's a quiet day. When you're walking, but the sea is choppy. The water itself seems choppy. There is a gray sky overhead. And there is a gentle breeze that's coming in from the south. A very pleasant walk to the water. But when you arrive with Bumble Bottom, you see that there is there is rocking on the waves attached via a uh, long strip of cord that goes from one side of uh this from this part of the shore at least a quarter of a mile to the other shore and in between is a wooden raft that has a sequence of loops that catch onto the rope itself and on top of it is a rather imposing half orc woman who is uh, standing in uh, in dusty leather armor, and she is currently pouring a tankard of water that she's scooping up from the river onto her head, and then splashing it about, and then looks over and goes, Bumblebottom, you're late. Are these all of them? Bumblebottom just nods vigorously. Yes, yes, yes. This, this is Sheila. Sheila will be our guide. Hello. Yes. 
Yes. Sheila! Well met, Sheila. She nods sternly. What's your name, Kitty? This is Smokey. Hello, Smokey. And she goes to pet it. All right. Yeah. Smokey will take a pet. Cool. Yeah. What's Smokey's uh, personality like? Um, Smokey's primary trait is I keep watch so others don't have to. Um, and, uh, but Smokey also steals food. <laughs> Smokey's flaw. And Smokey is a enormous example of her species of, uh, gray jungle panther. So she's almost a dire panther. She's been, yeah, no, yeah. 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 She's a, and, uh, Smokey also has a, um, a very weathered and molded to her muscular physique, uh, saddle, uh, and leather barding, like armor, uh, on her flank, uh, um, and back, hmm. uh, and, uh, carries on that, like, uh, my lance and an extra quiver, um, and some supplies, um, yeah, that she is ready Which for is, food. Could be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's why I keep them attached so she can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like He Man's tiger. Yeah, yeah basically. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So wait, I owe five silver to one, silver. one silver to each for each of us. Well, I paid. I paid. That, my yeah, I'm gonna pay my one. No, but I, one for me and one for the no, no, no. Bubble bottom. Let that one slide okay. because be- there was a giant cat staring at him unnervingly from the window. It's yeah. a good move. Yeah. So okay, I'll pay. I'll pay my one. Nightmares are payment enough. I'll pay. I'll pay my one silver now. It's definitely like a battered, scratched, and has a couple like blood specks <laughs> on it. And still I good. Dig it out of like a grimy uh, yeah. patch. Yeah, it still sp- still spends patch, like yeah. anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, and Smokey also definitely carries, like uh, Pharaoh, has scars and like a notched ear, and um, probably like the tip of her tail is missing. <laughs> you know, it's solid. Yeah, both of us are. You know, worse for shit. worse for wear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, been in some scraps. All right, Kadrick just I, he eyes the water very distrustfully as he's uh, hopping on, and uh, and once he's on, he stays near the center of the ferry as far away from the water as possible. All right, everyone in? All right, we're ready to go, Sheila. Anytime you are. And Sheila, with massive arms, unhooks uh, or or brings up a uh, uh, anchor from the shore. It was only about five feet down, mm-hmm. just keeping it from drifting the raft from drifting too far. Loads it onto the raft and starts pulling at the rope. Now. The water is awful angry today. Remnants of the sundering mixed with many different sorts of, well, as she pulls it along. Rumor has it that Cormier's mages had designed some sort of ordinance to fire onto Sembia they sent across the water. And some of them might still be here, deep below Ready to explode. So thank you for paying in advance. <laughs> I find that quite unnerving. <laughs> I understand the humor, but it is still, as he says, unnerving. <laughs> Ketrick just perfectly mimics the whole. <laughs> 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 is the two of them is like tiny, tiny because He's like barely like. Four and a half feet tall. <laughs> yep. uh, next to like massive half work, both is. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right. And the uh, the wind begins to pick up a little as uh, as Sheila continues on about the uh, about the ordinance. And uh, as it uh, begins to pick up, Bumblebottom looks a looks a little little concerned. And um, everyone, roll perception. That's a thirteen for me. Cool. DC is going to be twelve. I failed. Sixteen. All right. Sixteen and thirteen. Uh, Bumblebottom six. Got it. Bumblebottom hesitantly. Like on unsteady legs, walks over to Sheila and then tries to whisper something in her ear. But the the, the size difference alone makes it difficult to use an inside voice when you're trying to talk up that high. And um, and you hear Bumblebottom say, "You sure no one else is on the other side of th- on the other shore, right, Sheila?" Yes, I'm sure. The only people that were there. Or Tagon and his crew. <laughs> and Bumblebottom says, Tagon. As in, where's my money, you little dwar- you little gnome, Tagon? As in that, Tagon? And she says, yes. Sheila, we need to go somewhere else. Right now. I have a question. <laughs> yes, my boy. Who do you suspect is waiting for this Tagon fellow? That is, um, all right. You must be psychic as well as a bull. No, you're just very loud. What? I was what? And he looks back at Sheila and Sheila just kind of (laughs) nods. And like, Kedrick like appears from right behind uh, Daras, like (laughs) nodding as well. Do you just repeat exactly what he just said? He doesn't repeat it. He just kind of like nods. Okay. "Mm." All right. Look, I was politely not listening. <laughs> he nods at you and at the cat. <laughs> Alright, look. There is a there is a chance that there are some ne'er do wells that still lie within Corwin uh Cormir. And these people are they are unfortunately underneath the nose of uh of the guard. They try to take coin from people who do not know better. They dress as guards. That is why we are not using the main bridge right now. They weave effortlessly into the crowd of guards. The chaos is still too extreme. We would be immediately identified as, as, as potential rubes or victims. Quieter is better than louder. Insight check. Sure. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> Damn it, cat. That is a 19. Go. As a 16. As a 19. <sighs> and Defender wins? I'm saying. Yeah, Defender wins in this case. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was. Oh, well, no, yeah. Attacker. You know, a oh, it must meet, meet or exceed. exceed. So, so technically, I meet. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So he is genuinely scared, and he's telling the truth about there being people. Who dresses guards? Like you can, you've heard of these stories. Mm, okay, it's easy for bandits to weave in and out. Okay, it is very suspicious under the circumstances. Why this is the answer? <laughs> Did you perhaps do something to anger this Tagon and his crew? Tagon is known to be easily angered, 
That does not answer my question. Did you do something to anger Sheila? Do you know if he did something to anger Tagon? Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And she's walking to the back of the... uh, She's walking to the back of the... the, the, the raft now. Yeah, sure. Tagon wanted money, and uh, and Cauliflower said no. And uh, Tagon said, well, uh, then don't ever come back to uh, Cormier. And Cauliflower said, fine, I won't. Yet here we are. And she takes out her scimitar f- uh, from a bundle uh, that is in a pack on the side of the on the side of uh, the raft. Anyways, you might want to hold on. Okay, wait, what? <laughs> and she slices the back of the uh, of the rope that leads to the shore that you had left, which cuts the tautness of uh, uh, of the rope that is guiding you in between the shores, and you start to swing south with the with the tide or with the current. As she grabs onto it and ties the rest of the rope onto the raft. I'm going to need everybody to give me a gymnastics roll. Oh, boy. You mean acrobatics? Uh, Acrobatics. Yeah. yeah. This is going to go well. I'm a fan. (laughs) Okay. So it's a a dexterity check. Nice. Nice. Oh, no. That is a six. Yeah, I got an. You know what? No, uh, shut. Do I want to? I don't want to use my divine favor so early on. Yeah, you also but have inspiration. Everybody here starts with one inspiration. Seventeen. Yeah, nice work. You yeah. know what? I'll. I'll inspiration have just lets you re-roll, basically. Yeah. yeah, but you only get one total. So uh, you know what? I'm going to use it because he's he's a fire thing. He's terrified of the water. You know? Oh, really? Is that like? And, yeah. he's, he's, and he's, I don't want to sink. So you know, what? I'm going to use my inspiration. Follow. Goddamn! Yeah, twenty. Well, not not twenty. Sixteen plus 14. four. Twenty. On this end. Much better. Yeah, so so Katrick clearly, like, yep. nearly falls over and then just in a burst of inspiration or just raw fear. <laughs> yeah. Just practically okay. flaps his yeah. way, like, to stability. The wind was strong. The raft is not well built. And the plan was not to do this. The DC was 15. Oh. So. Pharaoh. You are fine. Mm-hmm. You immediately, you and, uh, you and, uh, Smokey, uh, Smokey, uh, lay down, uh, and grab onto the closest thing you can, which is each other. Yep. I will also be, because I'm, will try, I try to help others in need. So if mm-hmm. it looks like someone else is going over, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Katrick. Yes. You are fine. You saw this coming a mile away. Like, you're like, if I was a dumb human half orc, what would I do? I would cut the goddamn rope like an idiot. And you just immediately sit down yep. and are ready because you've met your foe water before. Yes. You know she is treacherous. <laughs> De Ross. Um, so. <laughs> Your questions are really good so far. You are crushing it in the intellectual field. <laughs> <clears throat> Your god would be very proud of you because you're actually <clears throat> you are forging your own thoughts and you are forging an idea of what lies on the other side of this journey. And it is an important mental forge as well as a physical forge that makes a cleric of gaunt. gaunt. It is unfortunately that forging, that internal intellectual 
uh, malleability of the metal of your mind that distracts you from your physical body, which, when the line is cut for the raft, lurches a little too heavy to the left of to the left hoof, and you fall, clipping your shoulder on the edge of the raft and tumbling into the water. <clears throat> can we? Can one of us make like a reaction? Yes. Action? Anyone can make a reaction. Uh, check to try to <clears throat> to save the bull. Bull man. Bull oh. person. I suggest you grab the bull by the horns. <laughs> this, this is an acrobatics or an athletics? Athletics. <clears throat> cool. Because it would be strength based. No, I only get a nine. Okay. That's mm-hmm. with my bonus. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Sheila is going to try to save your life. Yep. And also... Uh, yeah, how fast? We're moving pretty fast, right? Because yeah, you're starting to move pretty fast mm-hmm. because you're now like going with the current. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dehras, you can try to make an athletics roll as well. All right, and I'll tell you what, you're going to get an advantage on this mm-hmm. because instead of just diving in, Sheila is going to throw you. Uh, Sheila is going to <laughs> give up. She's going to throw you some extra rope. Okay. Eighteen. Nice. Yep. So Sheila is now holding on to uh, the rope attaching you to the other shore with one arm. And with the other arm, she is holding on to a rope that is holding on, that is now uh, keeping Dafras afloat. And her grip is starting to loosen as you all swing southbound. The wind picks up and is now is a high-pitched whistling sound as you swing to, again... A quarter of a mile is not a huge amount of space, but in a high current, high wind situation, it is not a, it's not exactly a puddle. And you start swinging to the left and, uh, and her grip starts to loosen both on her end and on yours, Dehras. Can we like help yes. to give advantage? Yes, you can. I'm going to do that. All right. So who are you going to give advantage to? To Ross or to uh, uh, Sheila? Sheila. Sheila's got the... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So do I make another athletics roll? Or? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. With advantage or not? Oh, nope. No advantage. Nope. The advantage is for Sheila. So Sheila is going to... Yeah. She's going to rock an 18. Nice. So she holds on with one... Uh-oh. I wish you had given me the advantage. <laughs> uh-oh. One. Oh, Nat one. Nat one. Damn. Did you did you spend your inspiration? yes? I, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Cool. So, so re-roll character. <laughs> <laughs> so about that divine inspiration that somebody. somebody <laughs> yeah, else. it's only for me though. I think. Let me double check. <laughs> your it. guy goes down. I was like, nah. It's yeah, cool. let me. It <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't really help. The best I can do is add plus two d four. Yeah, Nat one. And but, it's a Nat one. So okay. Yeah. But so let me, let me double check that is in fact for only for myself. Uh, yeah. If I fail a saving throw, miss yep. an attack roll, I can roll two d four. Once mm-hmm. belongs. So yeah, it's just for me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All <clears> right. <throat> so here's what happens. <laughs> sometimes a nat roll sucks for you, or sometimes a nat roll sucks for everyone. Sheila is reaching out. With uh, her arm grabbed onto the rope, and you, Dehras, are pulling yourself in. And just as she grasps your hand to pull you in, you, your hoof feels something slimy 
and writhing slide underneath it just for far too many seconds and it <laughs> just for a lot of seconds <laughs> just for an eternity <laughs> and as you twist away from this unnatural feeling thing you turn your head which causes your horns to dig into sheila's wrists Ugh. on the underside Ouch. as claret bleeds <clears throat> out from her arm she lets go of you staggers back loses her other loses a grasp of the rope in her other arm and hits her head hard on the satchel that had her scimitar and you all go afloat oh my god no rope and everybody needs to give me another athletics or acrobatics rule your choice they are the same. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Rolled a one. Oh. Got a plus four as a five, but that was still a one on That's the an, roll. That's an that one. Yep. 17 yeah. for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. This is fun for everyone involved. And an eight for athletics. This is a good, good introduction of how, how the rolling. How characters die. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need combat. You yeah. can yeah. kill you them You can just fall of off a barge. <laughs> <laughs> Before you even get to I really, the I just want to say I'm really enjoying this sort of grim dark approach. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so who made it with the difficulty of 14? I did not. Okay. I did definitely did you not. You got a nat one? Nat one, yeah. All right, and he's I made it with a 17. All right, so having accidentally gashed uh, Sheila, your guide, um, she turns away, but. In letting go of the barge, the barge then immediately catches on the same current you're on, and you can latch onto the onto the raft itself. Mm-hmm. So you are no longer sinking or uh, in any any danger of being swept away. However, <laughs> however, two things happen. Well, a couple of things actually, more than two. Uh, Bumble Bottom. Uh, Bumblebottom has latched himself onto uh, the uh, onto the rope that was connecting you and the other side, and is trying to tie it to the uh, front of the barge to the front loop as quickly as possible. But he is small and not strong. But he is very clever because he is a gnome. <laughs> Pharaoh stumbles and. Uh, goes into uh, goes into the drink, but then in a flash of black fur, he is brought back onto the barge itself in the maw of Smokey, his cat. But Smokey is now half off of the barge, paddling desperately and clawing with her nails, trying to get back onto the barge, threatening to be swept away by the by the river itself. Katrick is gonna die. <laughs> Katrick is dead. Yeah, Katrick manages to, um, uh, in a, a moment of of panic, does the first uh, thing that he can think of, which is mimic the last sound that he makes, which sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> and then is whipped in the face by the extra by the extra rope that catches on the wind mm-hmm. that was helping save your life from the hands of mm-hmm. uh, uh from the hands of Sheila and then immediately eyes go black close and falls limp into the I'm water I'm going to try to grab him. Okay. Yes, please. <laughs> that would be athletics, yep. 
Do I get an advantage? No. Probably not. No. Uh, Eleven. All right. Eleven is going to get you to him. And now it's... So you can bring him to the top of the water, but you had to let go of the raft in order for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So you've saved his life. Pharaoh. Yes. Would you like to try to save Smokey from the briny deep? Wait, Smokey fell? Smoke you fell in the half, water? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've are you are you playing Far Cry on your phone? No, Have no, no. I was just now? checking something. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's happening now? <laughs> no, I just missed the part about Smokey. So you fell into the drink when you failed the roll. Right. You fell into the water. But Smokey dove in, grabbed you by the back of your uh, by your shirt and dumped you back onto the boat. But in doing so, accidentally lost her balance and is now half off of the boat. Oh, yeah. And she's like scrambling to get back onto the. Definitely onto the gonna. All right. Give me a. Uh, sorry, an athletics, athletics roll. Yep. 10. Okay. And she is gonna try. She, do you need her strength? Yeah. Because she. Let me pull it up. Uh, where's her skills? She has athletics um, plus, so a total of plus four. Okay, it's going to be a 13. So that is not enough to bring her onto the board, but she is not any further into the water. Okay. And you, she has claws to hang onto the barge. Yes, it's true. Um, actually, yeah, she has, a, uh, she has a bonus in climbing. I'm going to give her an advantage. Oh, on yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> she has a climbing of plus eight. So... Okay, so she remains she remains latched onto it, but she is not further into the barge. And that is when so who is in the drink? So Trick, definitely. Dehras, <clears throat> Trick, yep. and part of uh Smokey is in the drink. Uh Sheila is uh Sheila has um been knocked backwards and is bleeding and Bumblebottom is desperately trying to keep this uh, ship at least going towards uh, Cormir. And that is when, Duras, you feel that same slithering sensation underneath you. And it's about two seconds of a underneath your underneath your foot, your, your hoof, and something wraps around it. And starts to pull downwards. Everybody roll initiative. All right. So uh, from the top, that is... Uh, the trick with 22. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Smokey's initiative is. <laughs> just just dex plus dex. Jesus, Smokey, 22. Yeah, nice. Nice. Oh, Smokey is 22. Yeah, not 20. Wow. Okay. And Duras? Uh, 18. And Pharaoh? He got a 17. Pharaoh's Wow. Okay. Everybody went way before the creature. Mm -hmm. So we're all panicking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ready to act. Okay. First one is Katrick and Smokey go at the same time. Right, so I see this uh, this thing. You look down and you see a black slithering creature. Long, like a tendril. At best guess, some sort of eel. Mm. All right. Um, I am going to, what, and what's like my, I am effectively in the water and I yes. really can't do much in there until I get out. Uh, so I guess my action is going to be to try and climb back on the boat. 
All right, roll it. That's going to be a difficulty 14. All right, and this is uh, acrobatics. Uh, let's see. Acrobatics or athletics, whatever's better. God damn it. Nope. Uh, seven only, so fail that roll. It's a shame, because I've got a plus four to acrobatics. I've got a 19 dexterity. I am. It's, it's the water, man. Hmm. It's the water. So I don't, Catricus is, is soaked and unhappy and flapping uh, very ungracefully in the water as he tries to clamber back on, but fails. Um, then I think... Uh, so Smokey should roll athletics again yes. to try to... Um, and are you helping Smokey get up? Because if so, then that then uh, Smokey will have an advantage. Yes, I will do that. That will be, I think, my action too. Because some a thing is attacking though. Mm-hmm. Is attacking to Ross. Um, it it is. I'm pretty sure it is not a humanoid. No, I know it's <laughs> not, and it's not that. How big is it again? Uh, it's about four feet long. Oh, okay. four or five feet long. I think I, 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 no, I'm going to help the cat. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make sure. Okay. So uh, would have made it on the first one. Uh, 16 and 13. Cause it, cause yep. she had advantage cause I helped. Right. Yep. Cool. Okay. You pull her up onto the raft right. <clears throat> and helping it right is your action. So yes. I'm just trying to get like the. Yep. All right. So next is, um, like this barge action. Defrost. So the cre- I feel the creature on my foot. Yes. Currently. I want to cast command on the creature and tell it to flee. Cool. To ask it to flee, it needs to make a 15 wisdom roll. Okay. Cool. And so it's a, I'm sorry, it's a wisdom roll? Yes. Yeah, wisdom say 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It lets go of your leg and slithers further into the briny deep. Yep. All right. And you are still... So that was your action. Yes. All right. Um, you are all still floating. So, mm-hmm. Pharaoh, you have your cat back. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, cool. I, that, that was so a good combat thing. effectively ends with uh, uh, with uh, Daras telling the, the creature, the eel, mm-hmm. to go back from whence it came. And you do hear me say, leave, in the sort yep. of godly voice. Yep. Um, That's awesome. Katrick. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you start to come splash, to. Splash, splash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you start to come to. Uh, and you are being held aloft by the Minotaur in the middle of the water. I'm going to need a wits roll. You said that you were afraid of water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, mean, it's it's that, not like an official thing, Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. unsure. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Give me a wisdom roll. Yeah. Uh, to see if you can keep it together as you wake up in what can only be described as the nightmare of nightmares. Yeah. Let's see. It's a difficulty of 12. 20. Oh. 20! Yeah. Nice! Sorry. Yeah, what's the same thing plus two? What? Sorry, fellow people. Command. They have to be able to understand your words for command to work. What? what? Really? You speak a one-word yeah, read, command yeah. to a creature you can see within range. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. The spell has no effect if the target is undead, if it doesn't understand your language, or if your oh, command yeah, is directly yeah, harmful yeah. to it. So, I believe that's a so re- can, rewind. So that's a... I mean, or just... 
Good next, news. It won't work next time, but... Well, no, it didn't work this time. Okay. Yeah. Spells are spells. You guys got all yeah, so, the text there. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <coughs> well, it only just recently happened. It's not like we have to rewind all the way back to the tavern. Yeah. <laughs> just as you get your senses about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, good news is, I will say the Katrick rolled a 20 on keeping it together, which is important, because mm-hmm. that eel did not leave. <laughs> yeah, you, you thought your spell worked. It's like, no, it was just circling around. I'm also going to say, you did not use that spell, because you would inherently yeah, know that that spell enough, wouldn't fair work. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. So, do I take another action instead, or do I just say that I failed whatever I tried to do? Uh, I'm going to say you failed whatever you tried to do, because you should know your own spells. Fair enough. And moving forward, so yeah. we've got... Um, that would be a smoky pharaoh. Uh, pharaoh already tried to help. Uh, and right. now I already, yeah, I helped mm-hmm. Smokey get back on the barge. Yes, you did. Yes, yes. You, you assisted. In which case, now it is going to be the creature. And Sorry the- to sandbag you like that. No, that's it's, fine. It's fair. It's fair. No, I, I I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking everything up because I'm trying to learn the spells, and I've just I've only played this game once ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fifth edition particularly. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to like. I, I appreciate the 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 honesty about that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, okay, it is going to try to uh, is going to try to wrap around you and pull you under. Me, the Ross. Uh, the Ross, yes, the Ross. And first, it is going to try to physically grapple you. Fair enough. So, am I fighting it off? I'm assuming, or how's it work? Um, you know what? Fucking grapple rules. I'm just going to say it tries to bite you then. Okay. Because we have too many books out right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a three plus a five. So that's an eight. What's your AC? Well, I don't have my shield because I'm assuming I can't hold a shield while I'm flashing Sa- the water. Saving a life, yeah. Saving a life. So instead of an 18, it's sadly just a 16. That's too bad. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, I know. You're doing this because I play that guy in Mutant Chronicles, aren't you? <laughs> it, 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 got, it kind of feels a little good when I fucking aim a tank at you and it does <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> All right. So, top of the round is now Katrick awake. Not yeah. only awake, but from the D20, you have an advantage on your next roll. Sweet. Because you reward D20s and you punish D1s. Yay. Uh, you, you report... You, you Sorry. Yeah. Natural twenties, natural ones. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm still in the water, though, right? I need to. I need to get yeah. back on the boat. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with acrobatics again to uh, to try and get back on the <laughs> boat. Steps, I am rolling with advantage. Steps on the shoulder. That is and an then The forehead mm-hmm. of the minute swings around the horns a couple of times and <laughs> yeah. just yeah, yeah, you get on it. Yeah. Fourteen plus four <laughs> is eighteen. Yeah. So I, I finally managed to scramble on and there's again. If you've ever seen a, a soaked bird. Uh, mm-hmm. that is not a waterfowl. Uh, hmm. They look miserable. All right. But he is back on the boat. <clears throat> Just coughing up water. And, and, and probably steaming, literally <laughs> steaming a little. Nice. Smokey's up. What's up, Smokey? Smokey is clawing the eel. Is it? Yeah, it's- Within it's, range? Yeah, it's within, it's, it's within range to- <laughs> take a swipe at it because it's getting all around Daras's business. Mm-hmm. Smokey swiped it's, with it's a twenty-one. There, it's uncom- yeah. very uncomfortable. What? Smokey swiped with a twenty-one. God damn! I think it hit. All right. Roll damage. Mm-hmm. Eight. Eight damage. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So eight slashes eight damage. Yeah. <clears throat> slashes into it, and it uh, twists away, but then. 
swims out and then swims back for another another attack. Cool. <clears throat> is it my go? It is uh, Duras. Is Duras is eighteen? All right. Uh, I'm gonna Ready. smash with my mace. All right. <clears throat> Are you back on the barge yet? Oh, I'm still in the water. Okay. Yep. Yep. But you know, eel. All right. I'm gonna try to bash it. Okay. Fourteen to hit it. Okay, and its AC is eleven. So All you right. got it. And I do. Uh, seven damage with my mace. All right, so that's eight plus seven, so it's fifteen. Mm-hmm. All right, fifteen damage. All right, it you smack down into the water and and hit it square in the side, and it slithers away. Yeah, and sli- slithers away deep into the undercurrent. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and so wait, do we not get XP if it doesn't die? <laughs> you don't get XP if you don't look into its eyes while it does. <laughs> do you get more XP if you do look into its eyes? <laughs> What if you whisper into <laughs> its ear about how there's no afterlife for eels <laughs> while it dies? Holy dogs go to heaven, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and panthers. <laughs> like, no, but seriously, do we get XP or how does that work? <laughs> um, yeah, at the end of the game, I, I tally up all the XP. Okay, cool. Okay. But yeah, I, I, like, I just, like, if you just like defeat a monster, do you get... Surviving an encounter, defeating a monster. Okay, cool. They, it's not again. Like, I'm just curious because yeah. I realized that yeah. in this very moment, I'm like, wait, I don't know how yeah. we accrue. Experience. Yeah, it, it generally depends on the game master. So you can have it like every couple of sessions when the GM decides now's a good right. time for you to level up, or you can just have total XP from encounters yeah. Yeah. and stuff like. Because I like, I like the like. I generally think it's cool dose of realism when uh, bad guys, particularly like. Mo- raging monsters, random animals, and henchmen like don't want to always fight to the death. Like, I always think <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's a good like yep. dose of like, oh, this is probably what would happen. But it would. I was just thinking it'd be funny if there was like a game mechanic that seriously incentivized us to like Mur- chase down anyone who retreats and well, actually make sure their soul departs from their body. I think you're thinking of <laughs> so it can get transmuted into sweet, sweet experience points. I, I think you're thinking of murder hobo, the, uh, the hoboing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so no, it's interesting. You, I'm glad you asked that. No. It's because every monster now has what's called a challenge rating, and oh, right. so I've they have an that. equivalent of what of how much XP um, you or everyone gets uh, if when you just you like defeat it in defeat the it in the general, in the general sense. sense. Got mm-hmm. it. If there's a narrative quality to it, then there's also um, there's also XP awarded for narrative failure or success. Got it. So you don't have to either we kill this dragon or either we kill this troll and get five hundred XP or we don't. Right. Yeah, sometimes just surviving a fight that you couldn't otherwise survive would give you the cool. challenge rate. Okay, yeah. awesome. That's super nice. helpful. Nice. Thanks. Yep. All right, and it slithers into the under, into the cold, briny deep, waiting for you to take chase with its brilliant plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, fucking throw the Minotaur mm-hmm. rope. Yep. Yep. I snagged a rope. And are there like cleats on the side of the barge to like tie off a rope to? Yes. I don't want to be the counterweight to the fucking Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a pretty high strength for a halfling, but I just do not have a, low, yep. a good enough center of gravity. Yep. All right. And you are, uh, you are tied on and the rope that is attaching you to whatever point on the on the far Sorry. shore <laughs> the dino with its last gasp comes up and bites the rope <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the xp motherfucker <laughs> as the minotaur floats away into the distance plus <laughs> the eel leveled up but <laughs> 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 
So and I'm gonna help Sheila too. To okay, yeah, I'm just gonna go around. So, uh, as the rope that attaches you to whatever point beyond on the shore goes taut and snaps. And all of you need one more gymnastics or athletics oh, challenge Christ. as as it snaps and you are spinning in the water. Oh, God damn it. Nine. Sixteen. Cool. Twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Smoky. Sheila makes it. Bumblebottom tumbles into the river. Jesus. Mm. With the royal writ. With the charter. I grab for Bumblebottom. Roll I grab for the charter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I hold Bumblebottom under the water, <laughs> waiting for the bubbles to stop. <laughs> just waiting for the bubbles to stop. 18. Wow, yeah. Yep. Okay, you grab him. Yep. Uh, uh, you grab him actually by his pointy blue hat, which turns out to have a chin strap on mm. it. <laughs> the beard's fake. <laughs> no. Um, it has a chin strap on it, and you haul him back in as you all whirl off into the distance. And I will give uh, a inspiration to all three of you if I can get a good cartoony yell on three. Uh, well, pr- problem with that, though, I-, I got a nine. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, you-, you-, you could all whirl off into the distance. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like sadly... Well, I'm, yeah. So I'm just, I'm, you're welcome to find a new place to play the rest of this D and D. So I, I focus on saving our paycheck. Uh-huh. So if you want to go ahead and try to save Katrick, that'd be great. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's happen. already a rope in the water too. So yep. Okay. Hopefully, um, <laughs> I thought that was your character's actions. Like, there's already. I mean, a rope. there's already a rope in the water. Like, so I feel like it hardly requires. <laughs> I think I will just like do an old fashioned character sheet next time. Okay, I got a twelve. Okay. All right. On and athletics. Okay. And that is just enough for Katrick to get another roll. All right. Great. Uh, so just Katrick, regular roll or advantage because of help? Uh it's gonna be a regular roll. Alright. So otherwise you'd just be floating away. Gotcha. It's gonna be a diff twelve. Yep. Got it. Eleven. Eleven by one. And I check divine uh, favor only works for failed saving throws or missed attacks, not for skill checks. So, yep, I grabs for the rope. Yeah, it flips right past In fact, this is a saving throw. Yeah, this is a saving throw. Yeah, holding on to a ledge would be a strength saving throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, holding on to a I think rope. everything is a, a saving throw, isn't it? Like It's much more varied. Oh, there's than ability check. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. I was going for it as an ability check. If you're yeah. going to treat it as a saving throw, then I can use my divine favor. Yes, because you are trying to hold on to the Saving throw right, versus yeah. watery death. Okay. All right, then I'm going to roll my divine favor, which is roll 2d4. All right, you know what? I will just... All you have to do is not get a zero somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got a four, which brings me to a 15. Which just barely makes it thanks to divine favor. So, yep. so uh, yeah, like the, the rope is about to go past his fingers, mm-hmm. and for a second, there's like, uh, like his golden feathers flash, uh, as as the water around him suddenly like there's a cloud. You know what? Yeah, there's a cloud of steam in the water. You nice. lose sight of Katrick, uh, and uh, but as the as the I guess as the boat keeps spinning off. Uh, you finally see like Trick is barely hanging on by the tip of his fingers to, to the uh to the rope, uh you know the 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 explosion of steam having uh giving him 
the extra inch that he needed to mm-hmm. to grab the rope. Okay, that was, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna tie the fucking rope around <laughs> the bird, yeah. the gnome. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, probably all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just like loop it through everyone's belt and mm-hmm. tie it to one of the boat cleats. Yep. And you are all adrift in the rapidly accelerating current of the river. And you all get whisked into a rising mist that encompasses your entire party. And the last thing that you hear, aside from the howl of the wind and the screaming of the eels, (laughs) (laughs) is the sound of your flimsy raft crashing amongst the rocks. Hey everybody, this is Dave from Fandible. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to hear more, go on over to Fandible.com and listen to any one of our many podcasts. I'm sure we've got some sort of genre that we've recorded that will absolutely tickle your fancy. If you're interested in following us on Twitter, we're at Fandible. Same thing with Facebook. And if you want to throw some shillings our way, then take a look at the Fandible Patreon. With the money, we keep this crazy train going by paying for equipment, going to conventions so we can meet new lovely, lovely people, and for paying Johnny Law so they stay off our backs. Thank you very much for listening, and some something clever. Something clever. Nothing? No one wants to... I'm literally looking at four of my closest friends, and no one's... Thank you! <laughs> <laughs>